Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast with Nicolene Peck. Improving your life, uniting your family, changing the world. Welcome to the Teaching Self-Government Podcast. I'm Nicolene Peck and I'm joined here with my daughter, Paige Baumert. Hi, Paige. Hello. Paige, today we're going to talk about stress. Just the word makes you stress out, doesn't it? (laughs) Although we're going to talk about what to do when your children stress. So what to do when they aren't getting it. Okay, there's something they want to do, but they're just, they can't do it or, or they keep failing in a certain way. What do you do? How do you help them decrease that stress? The answer might be simpler than you realize. But before we talk about that, we are going to share a fun family activity like we always dare here on the Teaching Self-Government podcast. So Paige, what is a fun family activity that people could be doing at home? So a fun family activity that I know we did multiple times is we would make a marble track. So when, you know, a lot of people, when we say marble track, people usually think, oh, you know, plastic pieces that you fit together to create a marble track or a wooden track or something like that. I mean, yeah, those are great. However, and, you could, and those count as the activity you'd like to they we do. Have, we have had both of those. Yes. But we loved making our own like marble tracks. So we would create, you know, a mountain under the carpet or, or, or not the carpet, the rug, you know, we'd put pillows under there to make an incline. And then we'd use pieces of wood to, you know, direct the marbles where we wanted them to go or, you know, stuff like that. We'd get really creative with it. And it was super fun. We loved creating a marble track. Yeah. Like I'm thinking, okay, we've got this driveway, this big piece of pavement that is like kind of a hill to go up to the house, right? Wow. Think of the track you could have down that <laughs> hill, right? Guiding the marbles different way. You'd have to be okay losing a few possibly that was, you know, yes. in, in that, in that case, or at least but, putting a nice big barrier at the bottom to catch them all. It catches all <laughs> the marbles. They're going to go into the flower beds and everything else. But honestly, it is so fun to just build those marble tracks and see what you can use. Household things, toilet paper rolls, paper towel rolls to run them through. Forks, all that kind of yeah, so many different things that you can use. You guys did use a lot of blocks and pillows and, and stuff like that. But we did have the type of um, marble kit thing where it's like you hook the marble, the plastic pieces together, and they, they spin around things and, and do fancy tricks, go through pegs and, and tunnels and curly cues and all those <laughs> kinds of things. Um, we So we had those and we played with those a lot. My favorite though, as a child was my grandparents. So both sets of grandparents had a marble track and it was just a piece of wood and you would put it in a hole at the top and then it would go and it would zig that back and forth back and forth until it would come down the end and we would load that thing up and that was <laughs> hours and hours and hours of fun in fact i don't know what it is about marbles going down a track but it's mesmerizing just the sound <laughs> of it anyway so i love loved marble tracks when I was little. And so I made sure that we played marbles uh, when I had my children. So anyway, play with marbles. That's fun. There's a lot of fun things you can so do with fun. marbles. And yeah. get different size of marbles too. True. True. That's a fun thing. Now, if you've got the, the wooden one that goes down the zigzag, 
and you have the big size, you can clog them all up and you can be <laughs> like, okay, then I'm going to pull the big one out and let them all run down the hole. Anyway, super, super fun. My grandparents, you know, that was back in the day when, when daddies would be like, oh, let's see, let's measure the size of a marble. Let's measure the size of our wood. We'll route it out. We'll do it. <laughs> like they just did that stuff for their children, you know, and I got to benefit from it because it was left over from toys that my parents played with probably. Yeah. Anyway, so there you go. And then my brother made one for my children children. And so we had one of those too, because my brother knew how much we loved it as children at my grandparents' house and he made one. So now I have one and I'm the grandma. So ha ha ha. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm like, Yay. It's like gone on a few generations now, but I have a real marble track. Okay. Enough about marbles. Let's move on to stress and what to do when they aren't <laughs> getting it. Okay. So we could take the marble track thing. Oh, this actually, okay. So let's, let's take marble track. To talk about stress and what to do when they're not getting it. Okay, so a child has the wooden marble track, or maybe it's one of those plastic marble tracks. They're trying to put it together, and and they are trying to get the marbles to go through it. And you know how sometimes, so most marbles are a certain size, and then there's like the big ones, which are which are like the shooters. But some packs of marbles, the marbles will be slightly larger than a small one, but definitely not a big one. And then we can sometimes have a problem where they get stuck in a hole. Mm -hmm. or log in a thing and you're like ah how come this one's not working and then you realize it's just slightly bigger or even maybe more bumpy because it was a fancy kind of a marble or something like that okay so I remember many times playing with the mar marble track as a child and I'm trying to get these marbles to go through and there's one that will not go through the hole right and I'm like ah it won't work and I remember my brother would just come over and he would just like pull the one out and he'd say, you can't use this one. These, these, uh, <laughs> balloon, uh, not balloon ones. What were they called? They were like, they were white, but then they would have other colors swirled on them, but they were clear white and they were, I was a little bit bigger. And he said, you can't use these ones on this track. And so he'd just take it out and then all the marbles would just go and, you know, and they would be totally fine. <laughs> and so then I'd be like, oh, okay. I remember. So then every time there was a problem after that, I would look, oh, oh, there's one of those white ones. Oh yeah. Okay. And so then I would take it out and I knew how to solve my problem. So children can get very, very stressed if they don't know how to solve their problems. Mm -hmm. Very stressed. And sometimes parents do things that make the situation worse, that yeah. increase the stress. And, um, a lot of times that situation, they think it is going to help the child govern themselves a little bit better or learn to problem solve a little bit better. But sometimes the child just ends up shutting down. So we're going to talk about what to do in those situations. I forgot though, Paige, we haven't talked about what self-government is. We got to <laughs> do that. I was about to say, I'm like, you're skipping ahead here. Yeah. We always <laughs> talk about that just in case this is your first podcast, but if it's not, thanks for joining us every time. This is like podcast, I don't know, 116 or something. Anyway, but, um, but Paige, what is self-government? Self-government by our definition is being able to determine the cause and effect of any given situation and possessing a knowledge of your own behaviors so that you can control them. Nailed it. Oh, so that you. means that you examine yourself mm -hmm. and you say, wait a second, do I want to keep doing it that way? Do I like the outcome that I just had? Hmm. Is there a better way to do that? Or wait, this stress I'm experiencing, is this how I want to feel every single time that I play marble track or that I play whatever it is? Or is that how it's supposed to be that when I play the piano, I get stressed out? Or 
could I be thinking a new way right here that could change this whole experience for me? Sometimes people get stuck in a thought pattern. They don't recognize they have enough control over their thoughts that they could change their own thoughts. And, but once they realize that suddenly there's freedom at the other side. So the whole purpose of self-government is being completely honest with yourself and finding freedom at the end, mm-hmm. which is beautiful. So Paige, let's talk about piano. Okay. So you are a pianist yes. and you have been playing piano since you were a very little child. Um, <laughs> I started teaching you first. And then after a while, after you started getting really good, then I got you a piano teacher who was incredible. I mean, he was like the master of piano. Mm-hmm. And um, when I was teaching you, I actually probably did a couple of things that were wrong. Now, there were some things I, I'm really happy that I did that I think helped you really get good quick at it um, and, and decreased stress. But there might have been something that my mom did to me that I did to you sometimes, maybe not too many times because I was trying not to be like my mom. But anyway, <laughs> not that my mom is bad because in a lot of ways I want to be like my mom. But, but you know, there's those things where you're like, I hated that. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, yeah. then, and then you end up doing it. I don't know if you know what I'm talking about, but there could be this time where you're sitting at the piano and you're like, I can't get this. It doesn't sound right. Something's not right. I'm not getting it. (laughs) And then then the stress builds, which makes it harder to solve your problem. And then what did you do at that point? I just said, I'm done. (laughs) Or you didn't want to do it anymore. Yeah. Or I would go back to a song that I had already memorized and that I knew really well. And I'd be like, I know this. I'm just going to play this. Yes. But then sometimes you'd be like, mom, I don't get this. Or something like that. Okay. In fact, the person who was probably the most classic at that was Quinn. Um, So he would say, I don't get this. You know, I can't do this. Or I would say, how come you're not playing anymore? I don't get this. And then I would say, well, just figure it out. Figure it out. Yeah. It doesn't that sound like I'm so empowering to my child. <laughs> just figure it out. And you know what would happen? He would just sit there, sometimes get emotional. So he loved the piano, but suddenly he's not loving to practice. Sometimes mm-hmm. somehow he's not loving to be there. So I really enjoyed piano too, but I ended up hating the practice. And to the point that I could not wait to quit piano because the practice was so stressful for me. It was so frustrating because I would get to this point where I didn't know what to do with what I was seeing on the page. And my mother would always just say, say that little rhyme or figure it out. And I would sit in the other room and I would look at it and think, "Uh, okay, what do I figure here? What do I figure? But I'm already in the mid brain. Okay. (laughs) Which means I've only got like 40% ability to think in the front. Yeah. And I and I'm trying to solve my problem and I can't. And then it gets worse and worse. And finally I'd, I'd be like, and I'm having a mid emotional <laughs> meltdown at the piano. I'm like, I hate this. Bang, bang, bang. Right. The piano. You know, you guys never got like that because we had better communication than me and my mom had. But um because I, I taught you to have better communication. But still, <laughs> sometimes I said, figure it out. And as soon as I said it to you, I would cringe. Because I'm like, oh, I don't like that I'm saying that because I know what they're going to go through as soon as I say that. But they but should then we, were, we were also at a point, out, though, right? where like we knew more than you did. So we you had a hard time helping it sometimes. <laughs> well, yeah. Well, that was after Larry G. 
Okay. But before Larry G. Oh, yeah, yeah. 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 It was a little different, but I didn't like it. But so then something happened when we started taking from Larry G and I learned something from him. So our master, Larry G, um, which if you've ever read the book, one of our children's books that teaches one of the four basic skills, the one that's about Paige, that's Paige Take the Stage, her music teacher, her director in the Annie play that she's in at that time, who's directing the music, it is Mr. G. Okay. And Mr. G is Larry G. And that's actually what Larry G looks like is what he looks like in that book. And so he's, he's in there and kind of one of the stars of that little book anyway. (laughs) So, cause we love Larry G. So anyway, um, Larry, we were at, we were at, I remember we were at his flat, you guys were playing on his piano and you would get to a spot where you would get flustered and you would just kind of stop because that's what children do. They get nervous. The stress kits in and they stop. And it was like he knew why you were stopping and that you were stressed. And because, you know, he's been there before. He's a penis. And how many, how many people has he trained? Right. So many. So many. Yeah. And so he would just reach over to the piano and he would touch the note and he would say, oh, it's this note right here. It's a B. And then you guys would touch the note and it was like, you were fine. Suddenly you were fine. He didn't let the stress go far. He would just touch it. Just like my brother did with the marble track. He would just say, oh, it's this one. You can't have Mm -hmm. this one in here. It's clogging it up, you know? And so he would just fix the problem, right? So he knew what was stressing me out. So I'm thinking of Clara. Um, Paige is always sending us little videos of her because I wish they were my next door neighbor, but they don't live next door (laughs) anyway. And so, you know, I don't get to see her every single day, even though I wish I did, but, um, but she's sending videos. So there was this little video of Clara and with her little paint kit and she loves to open the lid and get the little paintbrush out. It's a, like a little, she doesn't, she loves things that are shaped like that. like sticks. Yeah. Yes. Like sticks. And then this stick has a fuzzy on the end. So it's even better. Right. <laughs> anyway. And so, but she, she was handing her mom the, the paint kit and the mom was, ha- her mom Paige was handing it back and she's handing it to her, to her mom, then handing it back. And I'm like, I'm looking at her and I can just feel it. I'm like, she wants her mom to open it. She had tried to open it before, but she doesn't know how. And she's wanting her mom to open it. I'm like, Paige, you got to open it. And then I hear Paige say, do you want me to open it? <laughs> Clara's like, ah, ah, like, she's so excited about it. And I'm like, see, so I knew watching it third person, that's what she needs. Right. But her mom's just playing back and forth with her for a minute and Claire's getting more frustrated. And I feel like, okay, that's what it was like with my mom or going back and forth about, I can't, I can't. Yes, you can. Yes, you can't. No, you can't. Ah! You know, going back and forth and I'm getting more and more frustrated about the situation because no one's understanding that I don't know what note it is, you know, or <laughs> just show me the note. Right. And because but because I did not vocalize that well, and my mom was determined to, she thought if I figured it out, then I would not forget probably or something. Right. Anyway. And so, yeah. So the frustration would build. Well, Larry G is just so intuitive about his musicians that he would just do that. He would just touch it. Oh, right here. Oh, on that one. If you put your finger like this, you'll hit it better. Oh, great. And he would just say whatever it was, just so easy. You know, instead of picking a person apart and saying like, that's the wrong note, or like if they would sing, ooh, atrocious, he would be like, wow, okay, so when we do that one this next time, let's focus on trying to round out the sound or whatever it is. And he would he would try to give in a very patient understanding of the person way. So when your child doesn't get it, just touch the note, okay? Just say, this is it. 
or just show them the marble. So let's say they're trying to get your attention about something. Just say, say it this way. You know, when they don't get it or when, when they are frustrated about anything, just say, say this. Here's another thing with the skills we teach. Oftentimes I will say, um, I will say to, to a child, just say, okay. Because they're struggling right then. They're, they're almost going to lose control. And I'll say, say, okay. And then they, uh, okay. Mm-hmm. And you now just I tell them exactly to, what to say. I have to play the devil's advocate here because oh. I know there are some people thinking, okay, but if I tell them what to do all the time, how are they going to learn to be self-sufficient? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So they worry about enabling the child, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, because they're like, I don't, my child has to learn to think for themselves. They can't think I'm going to do something for them exactly. every single time. Okay, good one, Paige. It's really good that you brought that up. So we've already established, just help them, don't get emotional. But now we have to say, how do you incorporate that principle of just help them and not get emotional, but not turn them into people that won't solve their own problems? I think I know. Pick oh, me. Paige, Pick what me. do you got before I share my idea? Go ahead. <laughs> go, go, go. <laughs> So something that I would tell people to address this issue is when you do stop to help, make sure you teach and help you say, okay, oh, this is the right note to hit here. Now, remember, if you do need help, you can ask me for help and I'm happy to help, but you should try and figure it out for a few minutes on your own before you ask me for help. Then if you're still stumped, it's totally fine to come and ask me, you know, so it's okay to pre-teach to set you know, some expectations for what they can do, but also take the time to help them analyze and say, oh, you know, it seems like you're getting a little stressed out because, uh, you know, maybe you're having a hard time reading the sheet music. So, you know, how can I help you learn this better? You know, and so just taking that time. And so, because that's what you did for us. You helped us understand, okay, well, I'm, I'm here to help. That's my job as a mom, you know, but I also want you to try and do it on your own. I'll give you the skills you need. And then next time you come up to a road bump, try and do what I just told you. And then if you run into a hard spot again, then I'm happy to come and help you. All you have to do is ask for my help. Right. That's great. So we don't want our children to develop abandonment anxiety. Okay. No. So, so when they feel like someone won't help, that makes them feel abandoned. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then there's anxiety that comes in with that. So we don't want them to have abandonment anxiety. So what we do want them to experience is we want them to experience hope and empowerment that comes sometimes from solving their own problem. So there are key things that you can do just like you mentioned, Paige, but I have some other ideas too. So uh, some of the ideas that I thought of were when you're problem solving as a family in your meetings. Okay. So you're saying, okay, as a family, we have this problem. What are some of the solutions that we could think of to solve this problem as a family because that's something we do in our family meetings that we you know, that we teach in the teaching self-government model of parenting well then they're seeing how to solve a problem okay and after a problem so after you a problem's occurred and you correct a problem or you show them the right way on the problem then you could role play or replay that problem again and give them the opportunity to go through the mental process of solving it themselves that time so that then it becomes more second nature and they think they've solved the problem you don't know how many times I have told you children how to do something. And then later you're like, well, I thought of to do this. And I'm thinking to myself, <laughs> no. And I, and I'll say to actually, I told you to that. No, you didn't. 
okay, you go ahead and think you figured that out. That's fine. We'll just move on. Because <laughs> I'm not going to battle on the on the details there. But, you know, but because we pulled back and you actually went through the process yourself in your own figuring, you feel like you came to it all on your own, mm-hmm. which then means oh, I was I was the queen the of doing that. Yeah, well, that's so okay. You, on my own terms. Yeah, you're doing it, it the London, harder way. <laughs> London's done it. Porter's I probably all of you have done that, where you take somebody else's information and say, I own that. It's mine because now I have utilized it, right? In the same mm-hmm. and that's okay because that's growth and development. And you know, and if it's yours, if you want it to be yours, then it's yours. And that's fine because it's truth and it's for everybody. <laughs> so it's okay. Anyway, um, but so you're going to have these conversations after something occurs and you do a correction, then you're going to practice things the right way so that the person has the opportunity to then problem solve it again. We also teach a certain problem solving exercise. We call it SODAS. That's an acronym for situation, options, disadvantages, advantages, solution. This is a great way to just learn problem solving in general as well. Mm-hmm. Another thing that really helps a person is when you are correcting or praising or pre-teaching the person, if you use a lot of descriptions as opposed to emotional reactions, this is going to teach them to look at a picture and to problem solve instead of just become emotionally reactive in their daily life. So, so this, all of these things together help a person accept help when needed. So they don't develop that abandonment anxiety, but also helps them to see, wait a minute, what pieces am am I not seeing here? Or what skill could help me? Because you're constantly doing that throughout daily life anyway. Or what am I doing over and over that's getting me into this rut? Mm -hmm. And this is where a parent counseling session could come in. So we talk about how to have those good one-on-one talks with children to open up conversation and and to solve one-off situations in those parent counseling sessions. So that's going to be another great time to look at the cause and effect of situations and to ask the child, what do you think you could do to handle this type of problem? They may sit there for a while and not know, you know, and then you could say, do you want a suggestion? I have a thought. And you could see what you think about that. Maybe it could give you more ideas. And so then you give them a thought, they get more ideas. In the end, if they pick your thought, it wasn't your idea. They picked it for themselves. So now it's their idea. So just remember that. (laughs) Anyway, so because you're guiding them. And this is just really how you lovingly guide your children instead of increase the stress in those moments of guidance. Yeah, when it's it's especially important when the children are very young. So I find myself on a daily basis with Clara uh, telling her no for things and helping her set boundaries because, you know, there are things that she likes to put in her mouth that she should not. You know? <laughs> right. Right. <laughs> and Things so, you know, finds. I'll let her, I'll let her play with it. Um, you know, my headphones, for example, but she likes to put the ear part in her mouth and I go, no, we don't do that. And so then I put my hand on it and I push it down, you know, no, we don't do that. Two seconds later. No, we don't do that. You know? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Exactly. No, we don't eat that. <laughs> oh, welcome to toddlers. Just welcome to that. Yes. <laughs> yes. Well, now she's getting to the point where, if I say no, she'll start doing it and then look at me and keep going to see if I'll keep telling her no. <laughs> uh-huh. So we are working on accepting no answers for Clara right now. Yes. 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 But it's it's important that I tell myself, okay, you're going to have to tell her this like 20 times just right here while we're sitting here. Um, mm-hmm. But please, you know, don't get angry with her because she's learning boundaries and she's learning what no means. Yeah. And she's, you know, learning that she probably doesn't like it most of the time, but it's okay. <laughs> well, and it's the, and the repetition. 
Yes. When they're little like that. Well, we all actually thrive on repetition. Some of, mm-hmm. Sometimes it's annoying when you know a lot, but most well, of that's us probably why you hear a lot of stuff that you already know on these podcasts. <laughs> well, because it all hooks together. It's one mm-hmm. big hole, right? One big picture. But, um, but babies, especially developmentally, that's how they learn is repetition. That's why they play those little games over mm-hmm. and over and over and over again. And so it's good that you've decided to embrace that. Yeah. You know, well, something that, that I teach parents all the time is when you have young kids, like usually ages three and under or even four and under, they don't have what I call skill permanence. Whereas, you know, babies, they, when they're young, they don't have object permanence. Mm-hmm. It's, you know, when something is gone, it's gone. So it's skill permanence is when they can see that a certain skill will apply in multiple situations, mm-hmm. but young kids don't have that. And so you yeah. have to tell them, okay, we're going to apply no answer skill in this situation. Oh, and look, now we're in a different situation. Oh, same skill applies here. Yep. So we got to teach it again in this situation. Mm-hmm. And that's why role play is so key mm-hmm. uh, so that they can understand that. Anyway, so. I love that. I love that you've applied that turn. I, I just might have to steal that from you. Skill permanence. Love it. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's great. Anyway, well, so here's the thing. When they're not getting it, just help them out. Don't stress. Don't get emotional yourself because that's going to increase. Don't take it personal. Don't take it personal. Just say, oh, that's the thing right there. Just guide them, lovingly guide them, nudge them in the right direction. If they really struggle, they're going to go completely out of control. They're going to fight you on it. They're going to whatever it is. Well, then you might have to do a correction and get them to a place of calmness and all that kind of stuff. But but ultimately, usually that the stress decreases, that anxiety decreases if you just point out what needs to happen next. Yeah. Oh, I have to play the devil's advocate again. Oh, because, yep. <laughs> so what if you have a child who doesn't like being told what to do yet? They're in well, a rut? Okay. Yeah. That sounds like a whole other podcast, That's but, here, but short yeah. nutshell answer. <laughs> <laughs> okay. What if you have a child who doesn't like being told what to like do? Borderline oppositional defiant. Right. Yeah. No, actually I had a, a good conversation with a family just the other day who, who their child um, is very much would be in that category. And the thing is, is they have to learn the skill. Well, number one, it's your role to teach. Okay. Mm-hmm. So you can't just be passive and pull back and not teach because you're afraid of the outcome of the child's emotion or something. So the child does have to learn how to do that skill. And it could take some hard days, maybe even months, if the child really is oppositional defiant to help them learn that. Those stubborn, strong-willed four-year-olds. Yeah. So heavy, pre <laughs> heavy pre-teaching, maybe even a positive consequence for when the person responds well to the teaching. So when they can accept a a teaching or a, you know, a gentle direction or an instruction in some way, then that's okay. Um, But honestly, you can't, because that's a lose-lose, right? If you say, if you say, all right, well, my child doesn't want me to tell them anything to do, but they're totally freaking out and they're in the stress part of their brain and they're shutting down anyway. Well, at that point, you can either just let them wallow and go deeper and deeper in their head, which is not good. And they've proven that now with, with the data, with what happens with people, um, you know, energy wise, emotional wise, and all that kind of stuff in their brains, chemical wise. And so you either have to say, Hey, this is really what you do. And you might even bring in another question. Sometimes I'll say something like, Oh, are you happy right now? And they'll say, no. And I'll say, just do this. 
and then you're happy. Here's another thing I want you to know is sometimes when a child goes completely out of control and because they're being so oppositional, you can say, well, how about you go sit over there and get calm and then we'll talk about it. And they'll actually sometimes go to that place, <laughs> even though they're <laughs> like, I'm not following any of your instructions, but they don't know what else to do. And when you say that, they're like, okay, okay that's they, <laughs> they, they just go there. So you can actually point them in some other direction if you need to right then just to get them calm and ready to talk about it. But you will probably have to address that as an issue with yeah. the child say, you know, this, it looks like whenever somebody tells you to do something, you immediately don't want to, but you don't get to control other people like that. And, and it ruins the roles in the family. So mm -hmm. we have to figure out a plan for how to help you learn this skill and probably positive consequences are going to come into play there when they do it right. Yeah. Something I like to keep in mind is when I envision the ideal of what this looks like is I think of um, like a grandma teaching her young grandchild how to bake or, you know, to do something with her. She's not going to say, you know, a loving grandma. She's not going to say, well, I just told you what to do. You know, right. instead she'll she be like, oh, no, we, okay. So we said six cups of flour and we're on five cups. So we need one more cup of flour, you know? Mm -hmm. And so she just lovingly helps and supports. That's what I think of what I think of the ideal for this situation. Yeah. And, and along the lines of that, guess what? There's a word for it. The word is called nurture. Well, nurture. And shouldn't we nurture children? That's Always. what we're supposed to do. Right. But sometimes we get selfish. Sometimes we get stressed, tired. We feel like we're in a rush. We, we feel like the child is asking too much of us all the time. You know, those kinds of things we get selfish. And mm -hmm. so then we stop nurturing. And so the biggest thing is to try to always see yourself from an outside perspective. How, how would I nurture? How would I want to be nurtured? Right. And how am I going to do that for my children? So great comments, great topic today. Love that we're talking about this. Um, help them and do a marble track. Cause that's super fun. If you need <laughs> to find out more about any of the skills or things that we've talked about, because we've just brushed over a whole bunch of things, then be sure to go to teachingselfgovernment.com and find more on the teaching self-government website. There are courses there, the TSG parenting course, there's resources, there's the books for the children that teach the four basic skills there's charts there's other books there's other audio classes there's stuff all about emotions about your own self-government as a parent and an adult get the help you need because it is there at teachingselfgovernment.com we'll talk to you again next time bye-bye bye you've been listening to the teaching self-government podcast for more information and resources to help unite your family, visit teachingselfgovernment.com.